So do you want to jump right into what you want to talk about? Nope. Or do you want to go? Nope. Kind of. Don't you have a script? No, scripted. <coughs> Not scripted. Got an outline, maybe. Not scripted. You should add this in as bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> Here, Kim, read this. Make it believable. Oh, look at you. Oh, I turned. You turned even the tab. turned it. You turned the tab. <laughs> you want to jump right into it and start with your background of what honey was like? No. Or what honey was no, when you were a kid? How about, how about you just kind of intro into what it is? Kind of. I do that stuff. I do that beforehand. Oh, talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, this is supposed to be more about you on this episode. Your perspective of oh. me hunting and especially become more and more of a hunter, doing it more and more. Okay. Then, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can see where this is going to go. <clears throat> well, it doesn't help that I'm tired, too. You you wanna you wanna get her done. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, let's get started then. All right. So again, trying to lead off into this, you know, basically you started out a non hunter. You had hunters in your family though. Yep. Yeah. So let's dive into what that was like for you growing up. Growing up, I mean, it was my dad was mostly the hunter. My brother got into it a little bit. You know, my dad's family, big hunters. I don't know if my grandpa ever hunted. Not really ever talked about it too much. There was not a whole lot there. And heck, I don't even know if there's anybody on my mom's side that hunted. But growing up, you know, with my dad being the primary hunter, and then I had, you know, an uncle um, married into the family. He was a pretty big hunter too. But just being around that... I mean, I didn't have a ton of exposure, but there were hunters. They, the old school hunters, you know, you tip a beer back before you walk out to the woods and you have one in the the pack for when you, you get the deer. But mostly it was just my dad and my uncle. Yeah. Now, were they hunting down at Boone back then too? Um, my dad was. My dad has hunted down there since he was a kid. Okay. So that's been the, the tradition to go to Boone for essentially deer camp. Or what my mom would always call it as beer camp. <laughs> right. Because he wasn't really ever super successful down in Boone. It was more or less just, you know, him hanging out with his family. It was, you know, him and my Uncle Gary, who he, you know, is married in. So it is my aunt. My aunt's husband, or deceased husband, and then all of his family. Um, so his dad, his dad was a huge hunter, um, huge, huge hunter. And his mom, she, I don't know, I I want to be a little bit like her when I get a little bit older, because she would always, you know, cook for all the guys and, you know, welcome it. She wasn't a hunter. She wasn't big into it, but she welcomed it. She welcomed all the, the busy the busyness it grew into you know my brother like all the all the kids the kids would come down um my uncle he didn't have any sons so it was all his son-in-laws so his two son-in-laws and my brother and my uncle's brother and his kids and yeah it just it was a time for them to to sit around and gossip like women and play cards but the biggest part really it 
you know, yeah, there was him hunting in Boone, but hunting out back. So out behind the parents' house near the creek. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dad was always successful behind the house. Um, it hasn't been until recently when the development kind of happened. Right. Yeah, and it's made it tougher on them for sure. And then now they've got whoever owns that property behind them is big into deer hunting too and have put in all the food plots and planting corn and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's changed that movement around on them. Well, they also have uh, cattle now. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, there's a lot to it, you know. And then the people on the other side with their horses and the kids always riding their horses around. And Well, now he's got his food plots that he's planting now on the property. So that's going to change things around for him, too. That is thanks to you. Uh-huh. You started him on that and he's really big on it. Yeah. Constantly taking you and showing you stuff. Just look at what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Look at these tracks. Look yeah. at Yeah. Oh, yeah. But really the background of it, it just... It was always the tradition of taking the deer as soon as, you know, it was not really as soon as. A lot of the time it was first thing. My dad would come back up to the house and tell us, I got one. So we would all go tracking the deer, which my dad knew exactly where it was at, but got all of us kids involved. Did you like doing that? doing the tracking when you were a kid i liked tracking i just didn't like what happened after the fact because you know he would he'd field dress it out in the the back really and then he would (laughs) drag the deer up through the backyard and hose it out and it's your sister so we're gonna have to all right pause it for a second So you just didn't like the the processing part of it then, huh? No, because he would, you know, drag it up through the backyard and hose it out with the garden hose. Yeah. In the freaking backyard. Yeah. But, you know, when I was a lot younger, I was okay with it. You know, I always asked for my dad and my uncle to cut the legs off and we would play with the legs and like. So you didn't like him hosing off the deer in the yard, but you were playing with the deer legs. Yeah. I know. I don't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but the biggest thing is it was like the the ritual of it that I kind of liked is, you know, we would take the deer over to another one of my uncle's house um, and he would process the deer. So he would, you know, get everything all, all started and and my aunt would be cooking it right away because in their garage they had a a pretty cool setup and my aunt had you know a little kitchenette in there and they had a furnace and and it was it was set up pretty cool but I don't know the venison that I remember tasting as a kid just it was gross it just I could not even at all and and it just I don't know the the older that I got you know I had to become my own person and becoming my own person led me to be um against <laughs> hunting <laughs> growing up with hunters and you know here I am against hunting um now did you voice your anti-hunting to the rest of the family I did I I said that I was against it um but that was about it I didn't push it because 
me being, you know, uh, 11, 12, maybe, maybe a little bit younger, maybe 10, and saying that I was against hunting, you know, they're with all these older guys are like, just, okay, Adam, your, your daughter's broken. <laughs> She's against hunting. Um, which, you know, a little bit older that I got, the more that yeah, I took it even, you know, a step further, I went to crazy land and became a vegetarian. Then it got scaled back a little bit and I was, you know, a pescatarian and a politarian. So I'd only eat chicken and fish. Okay. I was just going to say, you're going to have to explain that because I don't know what those well, are. Well, you should know what they are because you started dating me and I was a pescapolitarian. Even then, I didn't even understand all that. You're just like, she just doesn't really eat food. Pretty much. <laughs> so that that's basically the, the background on that, you know, if the guys in the family would hunt, but they weren't big time hunters. They just, they did it because it was like rite of passage type thing. And it was part of the tradition. Yeah. Yeah. More traditionalist. Yep. Type. That classic, we're getting together every year for hunting camp because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, my dad is uh, rolling out, I think either Saturday or Sunday. Um, I think it's Saturday. Yeah. Yep. Because he... I think he's actually going to stay in the house this year rather than pulling the camper down. Yeah. 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 But no, he's heading down there and my mom is getting things prepped up. She's doing the usual, you know, stuffed cabbage and all the Polish food. Yeah. Right. All the Polish food. Again, the traditional stuff. For yep. Him. Yep. All the Polish foods and the spaghetti and, you know, all the, all the yummies. So of course I had to ask her to make me a little bit more yeah. and drop it off, but so when you start first start dating me and found out that I was into hunting, what did you think about that? Yeah, it didn't bother me because again, I grew up with you know hunters. They weren't big time hunters, and when you and I first started dating, you really weren't a big time hunter. You did your you know ritual thing. You'd go out a couple times bow hunting, and then you'd do opening day yep. of rifle. And then you guys would do the bluff drive and yep. that was it. You were like my family, just very, just like you were ritualistic. You were, all right, I'm, I'm a guy, hear me roar. I'm going to go kill a deer. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is you never really kill a deer for the first quite a few years when we were together so i just yeah that was part of my uh completely complete dry spell so yeah it wasn't until i had come back from the appointment when i had a change in outlook when i was gone and i came back <laughs> wanting to be so much more back into hunting and being in the outdoors and i know that was tough on you that i get home from being gone for a year. A year. And then I immediately wanted to go out and kind of do my passion of being outside and being hunting again. I seriously thought you hated me. Just like, all right, he was gone for a year. Oh, okay. And and he still doesn't want to spend time with me. So it took a lot for me to like start being okay with it. It just, it was a huge change. And like, I really, you know, during that time, I'm like, really seriously, you can't spend any time with your family like I was quite literally I was pissed yeah because you went from not hunting to holy crap full-time hunter and 
you know, it took a lot, like looking back at that, it took a lot of personal growth on my end to get to the point that I am now and allowing you to go on like out West hunting trips. Right. This is huge. Like I, back then I would have said, oh heck no. But you know, you and I both know that I do have the one thing that I just am not okay with. And that is rifle hunting on state land. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll, we can talk more about that, but, uh, but yeah, it was, I don't know when I was gone, you know, I just kind of came to this realization that I needed to get back to, back to where my roots were. I mean, I grew up, you know, living out outside and being in the woods and I wanted to get back to that, you know, to how, how my life was doing that type of thing. You know, it was just, I don't know. Simpler times. I think so. Yeah. Or just knowing that, you know, that's what made me happy. And that was something I wanted to get back in my life again. And that's why, you know, the more that I grow as a person, I realize, you know, it's not about, you know, that's like your like self-care type things, like meditation time, even though that you're putting, you know, a lot of pressure on yourself, but just being able to get outside and, and get away and take a breather. And, you know, and that's the biggest reason why I was okay with it when I was sick. I knew I wasn't going to have a whole ton of issues after, you know, I started feeling, you know, some of the harder, you know, symptoms of COVID. I knew that I was going to be okay. I was set up fine. I had food. The girls were okay upstairs. If something came down to it and we needed something, you were just a phone call away, not too far away. My parents were not too far away. So it was okay. And, you know, that's why, you know, it's big. I'm like, just go, go hunting. It's okay. And for some context, Kim came down with COVID (laughs) during the beginning of the rut. (laughs) So I was in quite the predicament of hunting the best time of the year or staying home to take care of my wife. Fortunately, she wasn't that sick to the point where it wasn't emergency status or you were completely miserable. In I retrospect, like how you were explaining because I was giving you the look. Uh huh. Yeah, I had to. Yep, yep. No, it yeah, thankfully it wasn't emergency status. Yeah, it was it was rough. Don't get me wrong. It was rough. I'm still still struggling. I'm tired. So yeah. tired. Yeah. I mean, doing a little bit stuff around the house, like being able to be up. I'm exhausted, and I think your dog wants in. Probably. But, yeah. And then, really, I mean, the only reason why you're okay with this is because we finally, probably the past, what, year or two, we've really kind of, we. I mean, we've talked about it more and more about why hunting is so important to me and why, you know, I, despite even sometimes not wanting to really do it, I still go out and... Or I tell you to go. Yeah, because really him and Haw and I'll just yeah, it's because we've we've discussed this where it's kind of you know I I want to be like that provider and bring home the meat and be successful hunting, but then you know you while you're sitting out there you run into where come on I'm pulling something up this is like gonna explain like how I have grown so much. <laughs> Even though when you talk to me about your hunting, I kind of zone out because I really don't care. I but I do stuff like when I'm about ready to, I'm going to show you and then we're going to, we're going to talk about it. Okay. So proceed. But yeah. And then, you know, I'm, 
out there and then it's that you know that feeling that i should be home when when i'm out hunting especially when i'm not seeing anything or when the hunt's not going all that well you know it almost feels like i'm wasting my time and whatnot but i want it to be a i don't know i want to continue to build the skills that way you know i can be a better provider for the family and whatnot but what do you have to show me mm-hmm. so when i was on my way home from getting the online order <clears throat> i remember you talking about you seeing this big buck on your way home mm-hmm. a few times so me being me i'm just like huh okay well how can he get in there so i turned down uh the one road there um and was driving down through there and i didn't realize that it connects to like the whole north country trail area Mm -hmm. um but i kept driving and we're gonna have to double check and see if this is state land and if you can hunt it because i'm gonna show you the picture there's like a little tiny lake there. Mm-hmm. You've probably already looked at it on the map. I've driven by it already this year. Have you? There's a big old hunt camp right there too. Is there? Not not too far away from it, yeah. Oh. There's a guy there's a guy to pull an R V down there. Really? Yeah. If oh. you take another trip because you're you're on Oh yeah, I've been down there. Oh, okay. So that you know, that's why I'm saying like just how much I have changed as a person. Yeah, you're just, doing you're doing some scouting I'm for me. I'm doing some freaking scouting. <laughs> and I'm just I was driving along. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, because if you basically take that, um, I'm trying to. You, you'd have to zoom out on that picture a little bit, but there's a trail. If you go back to the back to the west, uh huh. There's a big old hunting camp there. They've been there for about a week now. Yeah, dude brought a giant like one of the big like almost like bus style RVs down there. All right. Well, I didn't travel down any two tracks. I stayed right on the mm-hmm. the maintained like. Well, not really maintained, but like the county like road area. If you had stayed on that, it would have got a lot worse. Like if you, if you follow that south more. Well, it, yeah, because it that, that, we did that when we were uh, looking for turkey sign. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing, too, is when I was driving by that, I'm like, that'd be a good area for you and Ashley to go turkey hunting. Or duck hunting. That, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had that spot in, in my mind for going duck hunting. Okay. But yeah, that's that's how much I've grown as a person. Yeah. You reading your notes? I am. I'm trying <laughs> to get back on track here a little bit. Now I'm thinking about hunting spots. Yeah, now I see. Do you think other spouses feel the same way on your notes there? No. Oh, on how what me what me being a hunter, you know, means to you. Or what how what's your outlook on it essentially? That was kind of what that outline was. Well, I mean doesn't mean a whole lot to me other than it's important to you. Yeah. And again, getting back to what I said, no, I don't think other spouses feel the same way or think the same way because I mean, how many spouses do you hear like just utterly complain about their husband's hunting? Well, that's why I kind of wanted to get into a little bit because there was a time where you certainly did not have the mindset of, you know, go out hunting, go do what you got to do. It was, it kind of was more of, you don't want to spend time with me. You want to abandon your responsibility with the family. Yeah, I hated it. Okay, good to go type of thing. Yep, yep. We talked uh, we we talked a little bit about that, you know, a little bit earlier in our chit chatting. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, that was right after you got back from deployment. I I freaking hated it. Yeah. It was not my it was not my jam. Yeah, and I know that I've I've heard other discussions about you know that type of thing where you know you're not alone in that you know that outlook. Um, you know, I heard a great discussion where 
you know, basically this industry hunter married a woman that didn't have any background with hunting. And that was kind of her outlook that, you know, it's very easy for the guy to be away from the home, um, especially because they had kids. And of course, like with us having our kids, you know, you can't go more than a couple hours without the kids, kid was around. Um, you know, that's part of, that's part of your life. And if you don't have them with you, then they go nuts. You feel like, yeah, you have something missing. That's whereas with dads and whatnot, you know, we don't necessarily quite often have that same connection. So it's easier for us to be outside the home in that regard. Right. And my biggest thing is with you deploying, that's where I got that extra connection with the girls. Right. Just, it was just me and the girls. Yep. But we're going to, we're going to have to take a pause. One of us has to go get uh, one of our, our children from volleyball. All right. Pause number two. All right. And we're back again. A lot of timeouts. A lot of timeouts. Right. Yeah. We had to stop because had to get the nephew and from because my sister showed up to pick him up now we're in it for the long haul we're, let's get this done <laughs> <laughs> all right so we kind of stopped about you know the mindset of kind of like the non-hunter or the spouse that has a hunter and how your mindset of hunting kind of transitioned kind of not appreciating how much i was out hunting or how much importance i had on hunting and now you've changed where you i don't know more accepting yeah, would be the best uh, way to describe it. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing comes down like the really hang on stuttering on words. Um, the thing that it boils down to me is, you know, growing up, venison tasted disgusting to me. But you, how you take care of everything as far as, you know, your own processing, because we've gotten <laughs> sorry I <hit> my ear. <laughs> <clears throat> we've gotten really into processing our own and yes i help which you know is a huge another step for me but it's i don't know it tastes so much different it tastes a lot better it's not extremely gamey it just i don't know the the gaminess that comes through is the right amount and, you know, when we don't have venison, I miss that flavor. Yep. Like just even eating the spaghetti sauce tonight, I used beef burger in that. And I could really tell it just tasted like garbage. Yeah. So, yeah, we can dive into that where, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, care I take into once I've harvested deer of trying to get as clean of a you know gut job on it as I can getting the the deer home, getting it hung up, trying to get that meat cooled off, dried out a little bit. And then, yeah, just going through that process of trying to have a as clean of process as possible. And I think a lot of it is the fact that you will take the hide off the deer right away and try to get as much silver skin off as possible. Whereas, you know, with my dad's deer, I mean, the deer hung for like a day with you know, the hide on. Yeah. And you can do that. I mean, especially if it's cold, 
then you don't have to worry so much about taking the hide off now. Like, um, like the early dough I got last year with it being so warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to get that hide off of it because that hide is going to hold a lot of heat in. And it's going to not allow that carcass to cool down properly to where you, especially when you start getting around like the joint areas and, you know, basically around any major bone bones that it's going to spoil quicker because it's going to retain that heat. No, I have come a long way. I mean, even me, you know, being willing to try heart, that's huge. Yeah. Yep, and putting liver in with uh, the grind. Yep, I like that so much more. You know, us putting in the organ meat or the organs into, you know, the grind rather than getting like pork or beef fat. It just tastes so much better with, you know, the deer organ in the grind rather than, you know, putting that, I don't know. Well, it's been a while since I put anything in the deer grind. I know. Well, no, no, because didn't you put a little bit of beef and pork fat in the grind? No, because I had to buy pork loin, remember? But that was so I could do the brats and the links. Okay. That was not, that wasn't put in with the rest of the grind. Yep. I don't know. I, I I like the organ in the, the grind. Yeah, the, that first year when I did that, I actually got really nervous, though, because that first package of burger that i cooked up you could smell the liver on it when i was cooking it and i thought i might have ruined an entire batch of uh benzen burger by putting that in there no and that was like my ultimate favorite batch of grind because remember you were making me like (laughs) it was this like in our cookbook like three ingredients or less or five ingredients or less or something stupid like that yeah and it was burger well it's like the venison grind patties and like tomatoes and the tomato soup and yeah, like cheese. the cheese yeah oh, with some italian I, seasoning yeah that venison patty melt thing yeah yeah gosh i might have to make that for you again someday huh <laughs> yeah but yeah no a lot of it comes down to the care of taking care of the the meat you know on the bone especially and then when you're processing it, being quick about it to get it, you know, in the freezer and not letting it sit out. And, you know, if you go through an aging process with it, then make sure you're doing it properly where you're not allowing that, you know, meat to get too warm and that type of thing. And then I think the other thing comes down to how you cook it too. You know, I know even me growing up, you know, when you had venison, it was well done venison. It was tough. It was gamey. Mm-hmm. Whereas... You know, a lot of the, you know, cooking that I do, like, it's just to that temp where it's, you know, considered safe to eat. Right. And that's about it. And then allowing it to rest and everything like that. Actually treating it with care when you cook it. Yeah. Yep. And then being a little bit more creative with the, you know, the seasonings and whatnot. Like with that heart recipe. Yeah. Salt, coffee, I think some Italian seasoning or something like that. I don't even remember what all is in it. I don't know. But the two main ingredients in that seasoning is coffee grounds and salt. Yeah, that was really good. I mean, (laughs) even though I got emotional (laughs) eating it. And it's the the weird thing is, is 
Like I was okay with eating it, but it was like as soon as I put that bite in my mouth and I started chewing it, it was like an overwhelming feeling. And, you know, that's, that's where I know that I have come a long way is, you know, I would have never in a million years would have ever done that and been okay with it. And I'm thinking that's probably why I got so emotional is you're eating an animal's heart. You know, it. Which the funny thing is, that's not your first animal heart they've eaten because I've put a heart in the grind before too. I know, but it's just. Just that standalone eating an intact piece of heart. Yep. Yep. But it was really good. It was, it was good. And yes, I'd be willing to, to try again. We got another one in the freezer. <laughs> Looks like you're making dinner tomorrow, not me. No, we're doing the pulled pork tomorrow for sure. I was thinking about at least doing it this weekend. Yeah. Get some good juju going. All right. But no, I was seriously just thinking about, you know, any like advice that I could potentially give to a spouse in my situation. You know, my, you know, I went from, you know, coming from a casual hunting family to now living with, you know, Mr. Gung-Ho likes to hunt everything and practice his, you know, I guess, skinning skills. (laughs) So, I don't know, just thinking about it is what I have been doing with you is keeping that communication completely open. Just when I'm starting to have a little bit of a hard time with it, making sure that I'm vocalizing it, not holding it in. Just like I expect that when it's supposed to be family time, it's family time. We don't mix anything hunting involved in the middle of family time. Like I was pissed off at you (laughs) on Tegan's birthday because you stopped off to check the cameras. Mm -hmm. And I was making dinner and we were going to sing happy birthday to Tegan because, you know, Tegan's birthday was on, I think, a Tuesday so <clears throat> I was just furious because that that meant that my timeline for dinner was hosed because I, you know, had that extra hour that, you know, just kind of waiting around and your sister was here <laughs> and, you know, the kids being in school and, you know, they couldn't stay too super late and I was just kind of mad at you. So I did, you know, make sure that I talked to you about it, but I was fuming. (laughs) You know, I was really mad at you. Like, I just didn't want to have anything to do with you until later. And, you know, I wanted to rip into you when you got home, but your sister was here. (laughs) Yeah. The saving grace. Yeah. Having guests. But no, your sister knew I was mad. Yeah. She, she could really read it. She, she knew I was pretty upset. Yeah. I didn't think that through, did I? No, no. And. You know, that also stemmed, you know, another conversation for us, just sitting down, just, hey, when it's family time, it's family time. When it's hunting time, then it's hunting time. So you have to, you have to make sure that you save time for your family. Because, you know, if you want hunting to be important to you, also make sure your family is important and, you know, (laughs) your dog wants in again. Mm -hmm. So it's making sure that you 
let your spouse know that you appreciate them with allowing the shenanigans. <laughs> the shenanigans? The shenanigans. That's how we classify it, huh? Shenanigans, huh? Well, it's either that or, you know, your mistress. <laughs> the mistress, the wilderness? Yes. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a really good point where, yeah, you have to have that clear line of, like, these are the days I will, you know, will not be hunting. We can do, you know, family activities. We can pl- make plans. You know, I'll be around for doing the honey to do list, you know, that type of thing. And then, you know, on the flip side is basically having that clear communication of these are the days I'm hunting. I will be out hunting these days. Right, right. And, you know, and then at that point, normally when I'm feeling well, (laughs) I make sure that, you know, I have dinner all set for you for when you get home that either you have to just warm it up or, you know, I'm timing dinner to where you're just walking in the door to dinner. So you know that you don't have any responsibilities at home. You can just focus on on potentially getting a deer. Yeah, because I know there's, you know, with all the different podcasts and people I listen to, you know, they talk about that where it can really kill uh, a hunt when, you know, they get that call about, you know, things going wrong at the house or, you know, someone had a rough day or something like that. And it just puts you in the wrong mindset to where you're now thinking about home instead of, you know, the task at hand, essentially. So maybe now that I'm feeling better... Maybe this weekend you'll actually be able to get a deer. Right. And yeah, I mean, that that's, I mean, we talked about that too, where, you know, I was having just that like mental battle of, you know, I know this is the best time to be out. If I want to try to get a deer to, again, be able to provide, I need to be out here. But then the other side is like, I need to be at home to be able to take care of, make sure the kids are squared away. That way they're not bugging Kim. If Kim needs anything. So it's tough. Yeah. And then, yeah. I, not in the game then right and it was funny because my mom had called you <laughs> as you... i got to the to the farm to go hunt yeah no because my dad my dad dropped off the soup yep so then i called her because you know my dad he's like you need to call your mom your mom thinks you're dying which you know she she started freaking out as soon as she found out i had covid she thought i was gonna die and that only comes from because I had a close friend of mine um, lost her husband the same exact day that I was actually diagnosed. Yep. So it, you know, I get it. And this, you know, this girl, I grew up with her. She lived down the road. Our families, you know, spent a lot of time together. So it was, it was very hard on my mom just for the fact that, you know, she had lost her husband and then turned around. I had, I had COVID. So I ended up calling her and she was like, ties out hunting. Yeah, I, I told him to. So it was the fact that, you know, what I'm getting at with this story is my view on hunting is way different than my mom's. So my mom thought that you had to be home taking care of me. How I got it was she thought you didn't care about me because you were hunting. And, you know, that 
when that goes down at one point you had that mindset too of right right and that that comes from my background and you know growing up the with the kind of hunting that i grew up with it was very casual very you know my dad only went out like a few times here and there and you know my mom actually did think my dad didn't really care about her because he was out hunting and you know hunting was an excuse to get away from her huh yeah yeah Yeah. so and just i don't know hunting is important to you i get it and it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me like it used to bother me and you know especially with when i was sick you needed that break because you were doing everything because i wasn't really getting out of bed unless i had to go to the bathroom well, I don't know. It, honestly, it wasn't. It, it honestly didn't feel like, you know, go out hunting to get a little, to get that break. Because, like you said, I and we've talked about this. I put a, a lot of pressure on myself this year, so it was very stressful just going out hunting. Even so, I don't even know if it was more relaxing to be out hunting than it would have been to stay home. I don't know, but if you think about it, think about how. During that time, if you would have gotten a deer, how stressful it would have been because you would have to process that deer completely all by yourself. You wouldn't be able to have anybody like your sister come over and help. Yeah, I mean. It would have been a pain in the butt. It would have been a pain in the butt, but I think I still would have been happy with that with that idea. I mean, it would have been okay because the girls definitely would have helped you. Well, Tegan would have. Yeah. It it would have been stressful in the fact that that was an additional thing I'd have to take care of. But the fact that there's no way that I was putting some meat in the freezer, it, w- it, w- it would have been a more positive experience still. And I guess we can get into, like you said, the mindset, because I've taken my first out-of-state hunting trip here soon. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> like you said, in years past, that would have been a complete no-go. Yeah, that would have been a... Hell no. Yeah. That would have been no way. But it does help that you're going with somebody that I really like and I trust. Yeah. Do you think that has a lot to do with it then? Yeah, probably. Because I think if you weren't going with Dwayne, you're going with... (laughs) Sorry to say, Dwayne, if you're listening. Um, If you were to go with a lot younger guys... Like guys like <laughs> your age or younger, I don't, I don't know. It's probably the fact that Dwayne has already done that. He's already been out there. Mm-hmm. He's got the experience. Yep. So the fact that he's already kind of been there, done that, and he said it was a great experience and and whatnot, you feel more comfortable with the situation then. Yeah, yeah, and I know that he wouldn't, you know, let anything happen to you. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's that guy that, I mean, I mean, they always say it, but the the guy that'll you know take the shirt off his back for you. Oh yeah, most definitely him and you know his wife and his son or and their son. Mm-hmm. I mean, fantastic family. Good I, people. I truly love them all. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean. <laughs> I mean, what would what are some of your reservations still about me going out there? I don't have any. No. None. 
there's always that fear, you know, in the back of my mind. Probably just the fear that I may get hurt out there and you won't be able to be there if something does happen. Right, right. And I mean, that can happen anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So, I don't know. I don't have any reservations other than I don't know the other people that you're going to be with, but it's what, a relative of Dwayne's or a really good friend. Friend. Yep. Okay. So, so you think it comes down to the fact that Dwayne trusts them? That right. Yeah. And I mean, from what he's told me, they're good people too. That guy, I mean, he's very passionate about, about the area and the hunting out there. And, um, they're actually very eager to have, you know, more people come out there and hunt with them. Um, cause they want to share that experience. So, It'll be a good experience for you. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I'm okay with it. And that does bring me to another on uh, my dad's side again, (laughs) because I don't, I'm going to have to ask my mom if anybody on her side of the family, like actual her side of the family hunt. Um, The only one was my uncle Glenn and he was married in. Yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, yeah, my grandpa hunted from what my mom said, but his was... I don't know. It was sketchy. My mom freaking out like, don't ever, you know, hunt raccoons because they're, they're, they're infested with worms and, and don't do this and that. Yeah, yeah, And, (laughs) and it's only because of how my grandpa would hunt. It was very sketchy. I don't know if he actually hunted or if he like picked up roadkill that I really don't know. Yeah. But no, my uncle uh, Larry would always take out West trips and. You know, go to Alaska and, you know, that would be the one person that, you know, I wish that you would have been able to, you know, go hunting with him because, you know, he was very, very passionate about hunting. And I think he <laughs> it was like shortly after he had, I think it was like a bypass surgery. He was out like hiking the mountains hunting. <laughs> yeah. It's my type of guy, huh? Yeah. Yep. Yep, you only met him a few times. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's been, I don't know. It is, I do think I might be a little bit crazy having gone from, you know, enjoying hunting to hunting is on my brain every day of the year. Yep, yep. And it, (laughs) like, I remember, like, the transition, like, it would be, what, about midsummer? Maybe late spring, I would start watching my hunting shows and really start talking about it again because it was food plot season. It was getting, you know, start shooting my bow again. Right. And, and then the following year, it turned into like hunting shows all year long. Yeah. Pull my bow out when there's still snow on the ground, start <laughs> shooting to. Now where it's like you're looking at, you know, more fishing stuff and learning about this that and the other thing and just adding more and more to it where it's yeah it's now transitioning from no longer being a deer hunting fanatic to i want to be a fishing and hunting fanatic in general you're just uh gonna be a 100 percent outdoorsman the goal but i think the fishing thing too especially the fact that the girls love fishing so much that i want to put more focus on that well, yeah, because we've been trying to get them into actual hunting, but they show interest, but it's 
pulling that trigger. So it's got to be because it's <laughs> cute. I think is what it is that they can't they can't hurt the animal. Well, I mean, Tegan, <clears throat> like I think she liked it um, because she used to go out with me what a couple of years in a row that she would go out with me. And mm-hmm. we just, I was never able to be successful with her. So I think she kind of lost interest because we didn't make any harvest. Yeah, she might get back into it. Yeah. But it's getting them to shoot a gun. That's a thing. Yeah, I was even talking to Ashley when she was here, uh, when you were picking up Kara. Is that, because I mean, well, the girls aren't going to listen to this, but we are going to get them those little compound bows that they can practice with that are go- that's going to fit them better. Well, they could probably still hear us. They're not listening. <laughs> They're probably on their tablets anyways or something. They are watching TV in their rooms. Yeah. But uh, I think they'll be more apt to bow hunt than to hunt with a gun. Yeah, probably. Well, Kira's shown a lot of interest with a bow. Yeah. Which I think I think she'll really take to it eventually because like, if she can get a discipline like that and something that she can work on. The only issue is that, that she gets very frustrated when she's not naturally good at something right away. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fault. Yeah. But again, like as much as I want them to be into hunting, uh, I'm at this point not going to push them. Like I'll always offer for them to go out hunting, but at no point where I'm like, nope, come on, let's go. You're going hunting. Well, that's the thing is if you force them, they're not. They're not going to really want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just like how, you know, even at home, like telling them they have to do something. They're <laughs> right. Yeah. And cure instantly. You know, I have to go to the bathroom <laughs> just to <laughs> yeah, and just to waste some more time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Or the all right. And then Tegan gives me the look like she's going to cry. Yeah. Gets an attitude. Oh boy! <laughs> it's beginning. Yeah, that's that. That comes from you. All right, I'll take that one. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, to get back on for about the hunting trip, you know, the other you know big thing that probably a lot of people would think about is, you know, being <laughs> being by themselves, uh, while their spouse is away, and how they're going to be able to handle it. But you're no stranger to that, so nope. No stranger to that. So you are taking your licks of me being gone for my deployment with the military and stuff like that, where you can hold on the fort just fine. And the fact that you know that I'm not going to be gone all that long. and Right. Well, and then also you, when you were doing night studies. That's true. Yeah. When I was working nights, you're used to being home alone at night. Yeah. It sucks, but... I mean, when I was sick, though, it was very nice having the bed to myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the air mattress was pretty nice, too, until the air started leaking out of it. Mm-hmm. Which, and then, thank and you. Then the, and then the dog crowding me. Right. Well, I mean, you got to hang out in your office. You you like your office. I mean, it, this room has transitioned so much in the many years. You know, I never would have thought in a million years that this would be an office. Right. Very funny that, you know, you and have an office. Not even that. It's a recording studio. Right. So let's get into that. The fact that I decided I want to start my own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I 
I was on board with it from the get-go. I was. I was very on board with it. I didn't know exactly what all it entailed. And then I started going on, like, my end of, like, okay, well, since you're doing one and we have all the setup, why don't I do something like that, too? Right. And then I started... um, it didn't go anywhere. I just got the name and got like a <laughs> web page kind of started and got, you know, an email and it was going to be more on sustainability and living in like if you had to survive in the wilderness. So foraging and learning, you know, this, that and the other thing and how to yeah. get a successful, you know, harvest <laughs> 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 that's not an animal. Yeah. Which, you know, fit kind of back in you know the my lifestyle you know growing up you know didn't eat meat so and I thought that would have you know helped you know tie things in as far as you know I would have mine you would have yours and essentially loop it all together just like anything else I do I get really passionate about it and then I realize how much at work it is and I'm like bah to heck with it (laughs) yeah and it's it's so funny too, like you've probably seen it too with like me get more into hunting, how things kind of come full circle of like, especially with me doing the work down at the farm. Right. And, you know, starting out with it being just that like, well, we got to, I want to plant this stuff to feed the deer so I can kill them easier. And then how I've switched more to, you know, worried about, you know, the soil health and making sure that it's sustainable kind of like what you said of you know i'm not degrading the ground by plowing and disking and you know essentially making the property worse by doing this so Mm -hmm. and then yeah you get more into the like you said the foraging side and basically making sure that you're utilizing the resource as well Mm -hmm. and there's things that you can do to the soil to you know help provoke you know certain things to to grow Oh, yeah. And it's actually, I mean, now that I'm like, what, second second year in of really focusing on, you know, like soil health, it's actually been more cost effective. Right. Your second year of actually really diving into it. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, because I've been doing food plots for, what, five years now? Yeah. But yeah, this past, like the year before was my first year of doing like no-till style. Mm-hmm. And then, oh no, it was two years ago when I first kind of did the no-till. And then last year was complete no-till. Right. And then basically just because of the plant selection I had. Well, last year you didn't spray, right? No, I sprayed but didn't till at all. Okay. And then this year for the spring slash summer cover crop, I didn't, I sprayed but didn't till or anything like that. But then for the fall planting, I did uh, till just because I had so much thatch build up right. that me just doing broadcasting, I was having a hard time in some of the areas getting seed soil contact because it was so thick of mulch, basically. Right. And that's where you also kind of transitioned to test on our garden at home where you just just did the crimper. Right. Yeah. Mixed results on that. Right. It worked, except for some of the plants weren't essentially ready. And they basically got cut off and then just 
started a new seed head. Right. And that was our fault of getting that, you know, fall cover crop on the garden so late. So getting that rye started so late and, you know, it wasn't ready by the time that we were ready to plant. And, you know, that ended up making it to where me planting was a lot later. Yeah. But I mean, especially too with how thick that rye came in in the garden, you know, we're basically going to till that under the spring. Mm -hmm. We've got so much organic matter in there that the amount that we lose from tilling, especially in our little garden, we're going to still gain or have a net gain on that. Right. And I'm going to change how I'm planting. Been uh, looking at a little bit more and having like squash plants and beans and corn all mixed together so is very beneficial. So essentially what I did with my food plot. Yep, exactly. Where it's certain plants, you know, support other plants by like, like with the brassicas, you know, being supported by the clover that's mixed in with there. Right. So the clover is giving nitrogen to the brassicas. Right. And then having, you know, the corn mixed in with like peas, like gives it more nitrogen and, and all then, that. Yep. And then the peas can climb the corn. Yep. So I'm going to try that. We'll see how that goes. I just know that I I have to keep a, a watch on it because we had quite a bit of squash bugs. So we'll have to make sure that we put the diatomaceous earth yeah. down on the plants as soon as they start coming up. You, But yeah, so it's funny. Like, yeah, by wanting to improve deer hunting has changed <laughs> how we garden at yep. home. Yep. So yeah, full circle. Yeah. But nope, I'm not going to start a, a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it ended up, I mean, we first started talking, I first brought up, what, first of the year, like back in like January or whatnot. When yeah, it was like a pipe dream then. Yeah, because I don't know, I felt like I wanted to do something. And like, I, especially with the season I had last year with all the encounters I had and how much success that I found with finding good spots in the state land. It's more or less like your journal. Yeah. And being able to, I wanted to be able to share kind of my experiences. Cause again, I'm not some big buck hunter yet. You know, I'm average at best of a hunter. But you're really good about helping people find their passion though. Yeah, and that, and I think just because of all the mistakes I've made and the fact that I'm not afraid to tinker and try different things, that I feel like I can share those, you know, share that with people. Because, I mean, especially, like, like when I got all crazy about tinkering with my bow and the arrows yeah. and stuff like that, I mean, I went off the deep end with that stuff. Yes, you did. You sure did. And now, now that I've kind of gone through that process, you know, I don't, I don't get all hung up on it anymore. I pretty much know what I'm doing, what I want out of the system. And, you know, this year I purchased the arrows, built them, did a little bit of tinkering and testing with it, and then just shot them for the rest of the year. It didn't take you, like, several weeks. Yeah. And lots of glue. And lots of glue. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like like the fact. I don't know if it was those fletchings that I had on those aluminum arrows or if it was because of the aluminum gosh i was gluing on those fletchings a lot and with the new stuff i've had to re-glue one fletching and that was because i basically shot the other arrow yeah that's it 
Yeah, because you brought in, you showed me the arrow and, well, the arrows with, you know, the one through the fletch. Just. Oh, that was the, that was the ones from last year, though. Oh. That wasn't. Okay, because the ones. <laughs> just you, just with your your laugh, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just look what I did. Yeah. I couldn't have gotten any closer if I tried. But yeah, but again, aside from having to be pulled on to, to you as a guest, you've went out with the podcast a little bit because now I'm not just sitting around talking hunting to you the whole time. You still do. Not as much. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember the last time we actually had a normal conversation that did okay. not okay. revolve around hunting. In my defense, though, it is hunting season right now. How about before hunting season, though? It died down quite a bit about how much I wanted to talk to you about hunting during the off season. Yeah, but you were talking about food plots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's okay. And again, it's your passion like i always say to everybody you know you know some like icebreakers in some of my work meetings they you know what's your hobby and i'm always don't have one because (laughs) my hobbies are my husband's hobbies (laughs) (laughs) i don't have time for my own (laughs) because his take up all my spare time and it's okay because that makes you sound like a jerk no and it's I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, my family is my hobby. I do everything that I can do for my family. And because your hobby is, you know, hunting, you know, I want to be able to relate to you a little bit more. So I'll listen and throw my two cents in, you know, once in a while. Um, was it this morning? when we were watching the show and I said, do you think that's a three-year-old? Oh yeah. Yeah. We could talk about that. Yeah. We were watching, uh, some bow hunter die and had a buck come in and you asked what I thought the age was. And we agreed that it was a Mm three-year-old. And then, uh, another thing we both went, Ooh, when we saw the shot, cause that deer was basically had his, you know, the, front side leg was back a little bit Mm -hmm. and slightly quartering too. Right. And we both went, Ooh, when we saw the shot, just like, I don't know about that shot placement. But when they slowed it down, I mean, it was, it was still an okay shot. He was, he was hunched and kind of. Yeah. I mean, again, the camera angle sometimes is a little bit different than the shooter angle. So it may not have been as quartering to, to the to the hunter but it was definitely a definitely according to and that leg was back so he i mean honestly you would have to put that shot a little bit farther back than what you typically want to right and then his point of aim ended up being pretty good but then the deer flinched right and the shot ended up high which you even thought when you first saw it that it was a low shot until they did the slow motion, you saw just how much that deer moved. Mm-hmm. Deer, uh, yeah, only made it to the edge of the field and piled up right there. Mm-hmm. Again, I bet you they caught uh, an artery. Definitely high lung. Mm-hmm. So more likely they caught an artery in that. But 
but yeah, the fact that now you you can see like when it's a questionable shot, you know, potentially or not the greatest shot, and you're just you kind of cringe with it. Right. Yep. See, and that that comes down to my hobbies are your hobbies. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it it's a it's nice to be able to talk somewhat intelligible. Intel. <laughs> screw that word. Talk like a smart person. <laughs> Using smart words, huh? Use the smart words. Um, use the, you know, the five million dollar words there. Yeah. Um I like being able to have intelligent conversations with you. And actually like know what I'm talking about and understand what you're talking about. Because if I didn't, it's a whole nother language. Yeah. It's kinda like watching football, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Another subject, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that took me a little bit. I was only into football because, you know, the guys wore the tight pants. And uh-huh. They got toned booties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, like, same thing, you know, with football. Just asking questions and learn a little bit more. And that's all it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just getting more experience with it just from the exposure. Right. Yep. You know, but yeah, and I guess the other thing is, you know, what, you know, with me doing the podcast bit, you know, how do you feel about it taking up more of my time? I don't care. You don't care? I don't care. As long as it's not cutting into bedtime for me. (laughs) Which, okay. You have about a half hour. It's getting close, (laughs) huh? (laughs) Yeah, because I'm old. I, I like to go to bed at 730. Yeah, that was one thing I guess I really didn't think about when I had the idea of wanting to do a podcast and I like basically I'm like I want to do one you're like well do it and I what that same week ended up buying all the equipment for it and started it or at least within a month yeah when you actually decided that yes you wanted to do it yeah but yeah that was the one that I didn't consider is the the amount of time if I wanted to do it well that would be required no you thought about it and you kept asking me are you okay? Excuse me. I just burped. <laughs> um, I knew that was going to happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you constantly asking me, are you sure you're okay with it? Because it is going to take up more of my time. And just, yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. You're home. That's the thing. Yeah. But that was a lot of me. Like, like I kept asking it because it's like, okay, you say it's okay. But when it comes down to it, is it still going to be okay? And... <sighs> And it's been, it's, there's even been times where I didn't want to do it. And you're just like, nope, go, go to work. Like, <laughs> I'm tired. I want to go to bed too. But Just nope. You know, you need to get it done. Yeah. And it's encouraging too that it's doing better than I had anticipated or thought it would. Right. I thought it was going to be something that I wasn't going to be able to you continue doing or seeing any growth with it. but Right. And that's the biggest thing about all of this is making sure that you are involving me. Yeah. Well, this is episode, this is the second episode with you. So, right. So, and that also comes down to hunting too. You, uh, you have involved me in that, <laughs> inviting me into <laughs> that life. <laughs> Should we bring up my dad's outlook on it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Your is it your dad and how he wants to make sure that I'm so involved in a, in something? Uh huh. Well, we have to give the premise that you are part Native American. 
you've got your travel card. Yes. And with that comes certain perks with with hunting. Yep. And my view on it is, no, I'm not going to take advantage of it. Because uh, I feel that it's taking advantage. Because here, not too long ago, I I knew that I was, but I didn't know that I was as much as I was. Yeah. And it was, you know, my mom's family. Um, this is what is sad is just the oppression of, you know, indigenous people. You know, if you looked white, you said you were white. You would never say in a million years that you were native because you were treated differently. So that's where all of our, you know, stuff kind of just stopped. Just yeah, you, you were, even though you, you, you looked like you could be. No, you, you lied and you said you were something else. Like yeah. my grandpa, um, <clears throat> instead of saying, you know, Native American, it was, I was French Canadian. <laughs> there you go. So that is, you know, saying that you're kind of. Yeah. But when you throw, you know. Claim more of the area than. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's why, you know, I'm still looking at it, you know, as I went so long as holding the white card that <laughs> I don't want to take advantage. Yes, I'm card carrying. I have plenty enough <laughs> to say that I am. Well, even even the tribe has said that <clears throat> you have enough Native American in you that you, they've taken you into the fold, essentially, and right. that you can... You've qualified for the benefits. Right. My brother being takes a tribal it, member. My brother takes advantage of it. Which, you know, good for him. Which he, he should. But yeah, so once my dad found out that you had your travel card, <laughs> he wanted you to go hunt the bear that we had on the property because for me it's like another like six years before I can draw a tag for the area. Right. And he's been trying to talk me into it now for a few years. Mm-hmm. And thinking, you know, liquoring me up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you the, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's been quite the journey for essentially both of us. Now, unfortunately, you didn't have as much of a choice in it as me by going down this path. But Wait, I, I had a choice? <laughs> I said you didn't have much of one. <laughs> but you're saying I had a choice, though. A yeah, small one. you could have left if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I would leave. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think, I don't know. I guess this is where we're at now, I guess. I don't know. It's just my biggest, you know, takeaway on like all of this and that I share with, you know, some of my friends that they have spouses that hunt a little too much um, or so they, they think. And it's just, you know, making sure, hey... Have a conversation with them. Let them know how you're feeling. Come to a compromise. Because you have to give a little bit in order to take a little bit. Yeah, I think that's good to, to kind of close on that. Is kind of circle back to, yeah, if you're, you know, if you have your family and whatnot, and especially if they're not quite as, as active into the hunting process, that, like you said, good communication you want to go back to that yeah i want to go back to that one all right 
So I guess we won't. We we're won't, not closing yet. We're not closing out yet. We just, didn't. Yeah. We didn't touch on like a big one. Okay. Well, and that's safety. Yeah. Well, lead on. I don't know. On your notes, on there you have safety in the woods, worrying. Yeah, I always worry. So I mean, that's never going to change. And then, have you gotten better or worse? Um, I want to say you've gotten a lot better. I've gotten better. Yeah, you've gotten better with safety. Okay. Um, <clears throat> just because for the longest time you wouldn't wear like any safety protection or anything when you're in your tree stand for yeah, the longest time. No, not really. I would well, I would wear a harness once I was in the tree, but I didn't go through the precautions of wearing a lineman's belt to hang my tree stand or anything like that. But I would always wear a harness. Okay. I didn't really know that. Yeah. Which, But honestly, see, honestly, you got into it, you know, lineman's belt to hang it. Yeah. So, yes, you've gotten better because you use a lineman's belt now. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to defend myself in the fact that I I always wore a harness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It just I mean, yes and no. You've you've gotten better. Sometimes you haven't. Like with you doing more saddle hunting when you had that issue with, you know, having to rig something up. Yeah. That kind of scared me, but I knew I I was just gonna Essentially take your word for it that you have something figured out. You're going to trust me on it, huh? Right. But I don't know. I still don't like you rifle hunting or being in the woods during rifle. Yeah. At least on the state land. And that stems from, you know, what happened to my uncle. One yeah. Of my uncles. Yeah. It was really interesting. I actually had a talk with uh, Donna at work today about the trip and how, you know, a little bit of me thinks it's going to be easier than hunting out hunting here. And she kind of looked at me side. I was like, why do you think that? I was like, well, it's because of hunting pressure. And she you know, was like, what do you mean? Like they don't have nearly many hunters. I'm like, no. So I actually pulled up the hunting figures. Mm-hmm. So from last year, they estimated 540,000 hunters in Michigan. Yeah. And that's a scary thing because a lot of those people, I don't know. I just hear too many horror stories of, you know, those people of shooting at sounds, not confirming before they shoot. But I mean, you got to think about that too. Like how many instances do you hear of? Like, granted, it should never happen. Like you should always be aware of your target and what's behind it. You know, that's, you know, hunting safety 101. I know, but you can be safe all day long. It's just everybody else. And that's, that's where I get to the E yeah, type of thing. What I was getting at is that, you know, especially like in a state like Michigan, like 540,000 hunters and you hear of a handful of cases where there was a mis- right, misidentification. And those, right. In those situations, those hunters lose their, their license for the rest of their life. I don't know. I think it is because I know that my uncle's nephew did. Yeah. He could, as far as I knew, he could no longer hunt anymore after he yeah. killed. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are or what the penalties are for doing that, but especially to. It honestly should be because if you accidentally shoot somebody while you're hunting, 
there should be some serious ramifications. I mean, especially if you kill them. Yeah. I really want to say that he did lose. He probably did, because from what you've told me of the situation, it was unexcusable. But he didn't. The thing is, is there was no criminal charges on that. It was just wrongful death. It was considered an accident. Right. Right. So I think he did lose his hunting license for the rest of his life on that one. Yeah. But yeah, so, uh, but then so for, so for South Dakota last year, it was, uh, it was, um, I'm trying to remember, like 69,000 resident hunters and 7,600 non-residents. So essentially 80,000 hunters for the entire state. So a fraction of the number of hunters there. So that'll be the other interesting thing to you know see too is the how the hunting pressure affects you know the right. hunting out there. And you know that is the biggest thing is we do have a lot more hunters here, and that's just why I'm a little bit more leery of state land. I mean state land bow hunting, I'm fine with that because not a lot of people. I mean there's there's a lot less bow hunters. Right. Yep. Well, yeah, because. I mean, rifle hunting's easier. I People tried just like to go out and just bang, and they're done. Because I went out to go to the state land last year, but it wasn't even it wasn't anywhere near opening day. It was later in the season, and there was already six hunters in the area where I've hunted that were not there at all. Bow season. Mm-hmm. So that's just my thing. Is I just. As much as I'm okay with state land during bow season, I'm I'm still even leery about you going out during muzzleloader. But on average, there's not as many people out muzzleloading. Right. Yeah. During muzzleloader season, like last year, I didn't see a single other hunter. Right. It's normally just that one full week of rifle where people are actually out and... And that, you know, again, that gets back to my my past growing up. Yeah. Like, I know all those hunters had hangovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much for the state, most of, you know, once you get past Thanksgiving, things have died down quite a bit. A lot of people went home. They're no longer at their hunting camps. Right. And that's why I'm okay with you going out, you know, with your family to do the drive yeah because i know that all those hunters you guys have all hunted with each other you all know to confirm before shooting yeah and we've and we've done that drive for many years many years so we know exactly how everything goes and how it all plays out right and i had no i wasn't even afraid when the one year the one and only year we'll say (laughs) that i was invited (laughs) to come along because I was one of the, the drivers. Yeah. I, I got to do the walking. Yeah. But I wasn't afraid then. Like, it's just a completely different mentality, I guess. Just knowing the people that you're hunting with. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing what their upbringing is. And versus, you know, just Joe Schmo, you know, sitting in his, you know, blind. Mm-hmm. Yep. But no, I would... I would love to be invited again to do the, the drive, but 
I mean, that would mean that I would have to, you know, not get distracted. Yeah. We'll probably have you be a sitter. I, why? I don't shoot animals. Yeah. Because I see that side of it. Potentially. But, I mean, ooh, you always complain that you're never really able to be a sitter. So, if I'm sitting, what do you then mean? You have to. Oh wait, no, you I'm always. always a sitter. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yep. Because you're the one that always sets everybody up in the spot. <laughs> right, even though everyone's hunted it for <coughs> better part of a decade. Right. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. It. There's there's a difference. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever be comfortable with you being by yourself. Sorry, I probably should have turned my phone on silent. It's you being by yourself, I think, is what it is. Yeah. And I mean, when you do the drive again, you're always a sitter. So <laughs> the likelihood of you getting shot, I mean, something would have to go terribly wrong. Yeah. Right. And I never thought that you know i would get shot coming out either but i mean of course i wouldn't have because everyone was trying to figure out where i was at yeah but the <laughs> hunt was over and you were still out in the woods <laughs> maybe i'm just overthinking it but it's just it's it's a scary thought having you by yourself being out in the woods during rifle rather than you being out with your family during rifle yeah but i don't know again it would probably like if it was you out there you'd probably be like oh yeah everything's just fine nothing to worry about because you're you know aware of your surroundings and who's around you and whatnot i don't know so it's more of the unknown and not having any control over it that almost sounds like you're more worried about yeah i mean that's just me in a nutshell though yeah i worry about the things that i really shouldn't worry about because you worry about the things you can't control right it's because i'm a little bit of a control freak Yep. hence why i've never been on an airplane <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so anything else you think we need to cover i guess we can go back to the closer of <laughs> to really have a good relationship and still have time for hunting and whatnot that yeah make sure you cook your spouse their favorite meal right make sure you get their favorite recipe in before before you get uh too crazy with the hunting yep help them out a little bit extra in the house get yep get them brownie points right yep (laughs) anything you can do to get brownie points helps Yep. And I think it's good too to have that open like acknowledgement, like, hey, I'm doing all this stuff. Some of this is so when I go out hunting, like just remember that yep. I did all this stuff too. It's the give and take. Yep. But, but yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head that the communication portion needs to be open and completely honest. Don't be afraid to say, you know what? I really don't like you right now. i think that's what i said to you just like i really just don't want to be around you right now i'm mad at you yeah 
I don't know. But yeah. I mean, I think I even asked like, hey, what's wrong? Because I could tell that there's something going on. I didn't know what I did wrong at that point. But, but your I sister, your but sister was still here, so I wasn't going to tell you right away. Well, I knew that I had done something wrong. I just hadn't figured out what it was yet. And I love, I love that too, by the way. <sighs> just n- knowing that you know something's wrong. Yeah. And making you wait until. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're going backwards. We just talked about open communication, being honest, and now we're playing mind tricks. <laughs> But I, I like that, though. I mean, sometimes just but that that comes down to, you know, you know exactly when there is something wrong. Yeah. So and it is a lot better. I've noticed that even and at least when I ask now what's wrong, you actually tell me and go and not go nothing. Right. But that, you know, also. That was a long time coming anyways for our, our relationship. Yeah. Because I always used to bottle everything up. And, you know, especially now with how much you are hunting, like me being able to open up and talk to you is huge. Yeah. Because that that benefits everything. Yeah. We don't have a big blow up every few weeks. Right. Right. So, yeah. Open communication. Get those brownie points in. You know, when you are not hunting. You are not hunting. <laughs> you are not doing anything revolving with hunting. You're not checking cameras. You're not looking at weather. You're not looking at maps. Well, you know, you can because you do all the time. But all the time. Just before bed, a lot of the time, you'll be scrolling through HuntWise. <laughs> Check the do, forecast, yeah. even though I'm not hunting. Right. Which, <laughs> you know, that's fine. But I it's, mean, like, when you're supposed to be out doing, like, a family outing or something like that, you're not. Right. And it's, you know, it's not about just me. It's when you are home. Like, I even said that. When you're home, you have to be home. Right. Because of, you know, the girls. You have to be involved. If you, you want to be involved in hunting as much as you are, you also have to find that balance and be involved at home. Yep. Not neglect the kiddos. Right. And it's or just, the wife. Yeah. You know, involve involvement, you know. Bring you know like what you've been doing, you know, and getting us involved. Yeah. And not keeping that complete separation of okay, here's, you know, my one life of, you know, outdoorsmen extreme <laughs> <laughs> and then the happy house husband. <laughs> <laughs> happy house husband? Yeah. No, it's just... Don't make it too separate. Make it, you know, have have it all come together. Yep. Involve the family. Make sure you have open communication. Do, do special things. Because if you think about it, I mean, just by doing... Take, taking that vacation really helps with the brownie points. Our vacation up to UP for the week. Yeah. That was a special trip for the family. That was also for our anniversary. (laughs) Dual purpose. Yeah. Let's not say we do that again. What? Go camping? For that long. You like being gone for that long camping? 
I was done like two days before we were done because <laughs> it it stormed a lot. Well, that was that was this unfortunate timing. I mean, it was early August. Should be getting storms like that early August. No, I don't know, but it's. Well, we got a different trip planned anyway. So. I know. I and guess what? It revolves around hunting. Only part of it. <laughs> See, that's the the give and take. Just. Like in, in I even took I even took the short end where I said two days I need for scouting, and that's it. Right, and then the rest of our vacation, we'll we'll definitely you know, as a family. Unless I get hung up there. on being out in Colorado of, of trying to find elk. I'll just leave you with my cousin. But then, but then I, I, you can't hold me responsible for that. And it's what Nebraska that we're gonna be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. You need two days of scouting, mm-hmm. and then we need one, like, full day as a family out there to see things. Mm-hmm. And then, what? Two days is sufficient in Colorado. Spend a whole day with with my cousin, and then, like, a half a day with Jane. I'm thinking, like, three days at least in Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Especially, like about a week. especially when you get you to come down from that plane ride. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna get you on a plane. <laughs> yeah, you are. See, that's just how much I've grown as a person. There. <laughs> <laughs> Communication, people. Communication. Yep. Yep. So, communicate. Brownie points. Brownie points. When it's family time, it's family time. And when it's hunting, it's hunting. Well, I mean, you have to get the spouse on board with the, when it's hunting, it's hunting. Yeah. Because it took me a little bit. But I think, too, like, I don't know, again, having that communication, like, hey, like, I need to be able to focus. Like, if you call me, unless it's, like, an emergency, of course, like, it's going to affect the hunt. Right. I haven't called you at all. I mean, I'll text you, like, how's it going? Yeah. (laughs) But normally at that time... Like, when I'll text you, I know that you should be about done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually, though, you just wait for my call. Right. And then you just wait for the tone of my voice of what, how the hunt went. Yeah. <laughs> if I hear a <sighs> yeah. big old sigh, just, oh, man. Yeah. All right. And he didn't, he didn't get anything. Yeah. And then you're there for the emotional support for me. Just have to hear you out. Yeah. Even though I... Don't care. Uh huh. As long as I don't have some silly critters out there. <laughs> some tasty animals. Yeah. All right. Well, it's 7 30. Yeah, it's time for me to go to bed. And we gotta get the girls in bed. Yep. So it's time to wrap this up. Okay. Wrap her up. 